It's awesome to be with you guys this morning. Um, This morning, I'm going to be sharing with you guys something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm going to share with you guys from the scriptures, crazy. Um, I love reading the Bible and getting alone with God more than most things in my life. It's one of the things that has changed my life more than anything. And so we're going to spend some time in the scripture this morning. I've titled this message this morning, A Life of Undivided Devotion. A life of undivided devotion. If you have our app, you'll want to pull it up. There's some awesome notes in there where you can follow along. And I'm going to share with you guys this morning what it looks like to live a life of undivided devotion. I'm going to share three things with you guys. And then I'm going to share with you guys what these three things result in. What a life of undivided devotion looks like and what it results in. But let me pray for us before we get started. Father God, it's just a pleasure and a privilege, Lord, to to minister your heart this morning, God, to share your scriptures, Lord. It's a pleasure and a privilege to be in your house with your people, God. So I ask this morning as I share your words that they truly would be your words, Lord, that you would speak through me as we open up your scriptures and that we would become more like you, Jesus, every day, that we might worship you in all we do, that we might give you worth, attention, and affection in all things, Father. We love you and we give you this morning and we give you the next 22 minutes and 41 seconds in Jesus' name, amen. I believe this morning, no matter who you are or where you are, if you're tuning in online or if you're in our campus in San Marcos, California, that whatever season you're in, God has you there for a very specific reason. God has you in the season that you're in for a very specific reason. But if you're anything like me, you might be doing everything you can to get out of that season. That season's hard. There's challenges involved in it. I'm from North Carolina, and I always go home for Christmas every year. And every year I go home for Christmas, I am confronted with this whirlwind of comparison. Has anyone ever dealt with comparison? All right, we got like 20 honest people in the room. We've all dealt with comparison, spoiler. And every time I go home, I'm like, man, maybe these people have it figured out. There's people who are living very differently than me. I'm like, maybe these people have it figured out. I hang with like my entrepreneurial friends and they got all these ideas and they're doing all these big things. And I'm like, man, maybe that's where it's at. I hang with my friends who are in real estate and I'm like, shoot, that's definitely where it's at. I hang with my, my friends who are just working at a coffee shop and traveling. I'm like, well, that that looks like it's where it's at. No shade on my baristas. Thank you for your service. But, and then I hang with my pastor friends and I'm like, dang, maybe that's where it's at. I don't know. And so comparison can so easily set in and rob us the joy of the, the season that we're in, can't it? But I believe that this message this morning, it's as much of a, a teaching and exhortation as it is a confession because I struggle with this. I struggle with this, but this morning I want to share with you guys that a life of undivided devotion is truly where it's at. A life of undivided devotion is where it's at. And if you're giving your attention, affection, and worth to anything else other than God himself, you're living a fractional life and you're living less than what God has for you. So tonight we're going to talk about how to not be disjointed, but instead to be unified in our affection, unified in our hearts, unified in our devotion. And we're going to talk about what that looks like. C.S. Lewis. Anyone heard of C.S. Lewis? 
He's awesome. If you haven't heard of him, go by Mere Christianity immediately after this service. It changed my life. It's like one step under the Bible for me. Mere Christianity is amazing. C.S. Lewis diagnosed this problem nearly a hundred years ago. Here's what he said. This verbiage is intense, but bear with me. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling around with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Listen to this. We are like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is offered by a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Our half-hearted desires, guys, have left us with a half-hearted existence. This is the problem that we find ourselves in. But Jesus, but God being rich in his mercy, one of God's Old Testament names is Jehovah Rapha. He's the great physician. He gives us a solution. We find ourselves in this problem of humanity, but he gives us a solution. And spoiler alert, it's what we're talking about today. It's the life of undivided devotion. Let's define undivided devotion before we get into it. I'm gonna define it three ways. If you have our app, you'll see them listed there. But undivided devotion is a unified heart. I'm gonna use the word devotion and heart interchangeably today. A unified heart, a singularity of focus or a purity of intention. A unified heart, a singularity of focus, and a purity of intention. And as I was searching the scriptures for you guys this morning, deciding where I could teach out of to describe this undivided, this life of undivided devotion, besides Jesus himself, I thought the most tangible example that we could, that we could grasp was the life of King David. Now, if you've heard of King David, you know he lived an amazing life. I'll give you a quick summary of who he was. He was the youngest of eight sons. He was a shepherd. He was anointed king at a young age when Saul was still king. Um, Saul was uh, not walking in the ways that the Lord had for him, and so God's spirit departed from Saul. Saul would have these crazy dreams, and he would often call David in to play the lyre for him. This is like the harp, and this would soothe Saul. Eventually, there's this Philistine guy named Goliath. Maybe you've heard the story of David and Goliath. And Goliath comes on the battlefield for 47 days, and he's taunting the Israelite armies. And then David, he's a great trash talker. I personally love trash talk. He comes on the scene, and he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to come against the armies of the living God? I love it. I wonder if he rehearsed that. Either way, I love it. And so he picks up five stones, slings one of them, cuts off Goliath's head thereafter. And then the townspeople particularly the women, which makes Saul jealous, start proclaiming, David has killed his 10,000s, but Saul has killed his thousands. So now there's jealousy. And Saul then begins taking or pursuing David's life. Eventually Saul dies and David takes the throne. But through this crazy life of, of slaying giants, of being a shepherd, of them becoming king, David writes all his thoughts down. Do we have any journalers in the room? It is such a good practice, man. I have this journal stacked this high. It's such a good practice to write down what you're going through in your season. David writes these things down. And we have, because of that, the book of Psalms. They're not all written by David, but the majority are. And we have the book of Psalms because of that. And we see Psalms written when his life was being pursued. We see Psalms written when he's anointed king. We see Psalms when he's a shepherd and everywhere in between. And so by looking at these Psalms right now, we're going to examine the life of undivided devotion in hopes that we might be able to emulate this life 
and live the way that King David did because he was known as the man after God's own heart. So my question this morning to you is this. If you were to die today, would your tombstone read man or woman after God's own heart? And if it wouldn't, then this message is for you. And if it would, then be encouraged. This message is for you too. Let's talk about it. A life of undivided devotion. Like I said, we're going to talk about what it looks like and then what it means for us. What does it look like? There's three things. It looks like undivided desire, undivided dialogue, and undivided delight. Undivided desire, dialogue, and delight. Let's take a look at each of these real quick. Let's start with desire. Psalm 24, 7 says this. This is a Psalm of David. One thing singularity of focus, purity of intention, unified heart. One thing I ask of the Lord, this only singularity, do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That sounds a lot like worship, doesn't it? David's one desire is that God would receive worship, that he would receive worth, attention, and affection through every day of his life. This is his singularity of focus. Now, we see in our own lives the difficulty of this, don't we? We find ourselves in these seasons. You might find yourself in a really, really low season. I know we're in this season of COVID. Hopefully things look like they're cleaning up a little bit, but I know for a minute at the peak, that was really hard. Maybe it's still really hard for you. I know for myself, finances got pretty tight there around November, December. And I'm like, God, I seek you. I need you. One thing I ask, Lord, I come before him and I'm on my knees like, God, we need you. December's a good month. A little work starts flowing in. January, February. We're like, okay, we're good. I'm good. But then stuff starts going down a little bit. And then we're like, oh, shoot. God, I need you. I need you. I need you. The life of undivided devotion is that it doesn't matter if you're in the valley the valley of the shadow of death, or you're on the mountaintop, it's the one thing we require, we require, and that is the Lord, that he would receive worth, attention, and affection in all seasons. And so we have to examine our lives in this way. Do we have apathy when things get good? Do we we turn away and blame God when things get bad? Or do we, no matter where we are, look to him and say, you can have my worth? You can have all of my attention. You can have all of my affection. You can have my undivided desire. We have to look in the mirror and ask ourselves this. This is the first step to living a life of undivided devotion, undivided desire. There's a a hymn called Come Thou Fount. Has anyone heard this hymn? It's called Come Thou Found. I grew up in a traditional church where we sang hymns. We had liturgy. I love our spirit-filled worship. I love the hymns too. It's all part of the body of Christ, right? We're all part of the same body. I grew up singing hymns, and one of my favorite was Come Thou Found. This guy named Robert Robinson wrote this song in 1758. 1758, so long ago. And he said, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Lord, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. This is not a 2021 problem. This is a humanity problem that we give our hearts away. 
We divide our hearts so easily and our desires become fragmented and thus our existence becomes fragmented. We need a sealing of the heart for God's courts above alone this morning. So my first question for you guys is this, what season are you in? What season are you in? Whether high or low, like King David, make your one desire that God might receive worship through it. No matter what season you're in, make it your singular desire that God might receive worth, attention, and affection through it. Secondly, a life of undivided devotion means undivided dialogue. If you guys have ever read the Psalms, most of which David wrote, there are some Psalms that are beautiful, that are eloquent, that, that are poetic. And then there are some Psalms that are like, this dude is, this is heretical. This is bold. This is just di- downright disrespectful. I, read, so I, I started reading the Psalms about my junior year in high school. It was the first book of the Bible I read. And I remember reading it. I'm like, David is so disrespectful. Like he's talking to God right now but he has an undivided dialogue. He talks to God like he would a friend. And I'm gonna show you guys that God is actually glorified in this, that he actually feels loved in this and that there's actually freedom in undivided dialogue before God. We're gonna look at four verses from four different Psalms real quick. Here's what the first one says, Psalm 22, verse one. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Does that sound familiar? Jesus said that, right? Hanging on the cross. Jesus quoted David. Why are you so far away from me when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift up my voice, but I find no relief. That's heavy verbiage. Psalm 3.1. Oh Lord, I have so many enemies. So many are against me. So many are saying God will never rescue him. Psalm 35, 17, how long, O Lord, will you look and do nothing? Rescue me from their fierce attacks. Protect my life from these lions. Psalm 42, 9, O my God, my rock, I cry, why have you forgotten me? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? An undivided, a life of undivided devotion does not mean a sinless life. It does not mean an eloquent life. It does not mean a poetic prayer life, but it does mean an honest life. It does mean that we come before God in honesty. And God is glorified in that when we come before him with honesty. David doesn't spare words before God. He doesn't mince his words. He doesn't parse his words. He doesn't try to make them poetic before God. He comes before God and lays it all out before him. He lays it all out bare. He lays his undivided heart bare before God. And he's known as the man after God's own heart because of this. I love the show Seinfeld. I never watched that show. I personally love Seinfeld. I love how in this show, there's, there's four friends, right? And they're best friends. They talk to one another with such honesty and, and such just like brass facts and I, brass tacks. And I'm like, do I have any friends that I could literally say that to and they wouldn't just fully disown me forever? But somehow they have this relational equity, this relational capital that they can literally say pretty much anything to one another and their friendship stays intact. 
I've envied this. And I believe that's the same way that we should come before God because God knows our hearts. He knows our hearts. We can lay it bare before him. When I was in premarital counseling, uh, Julie and Mike Shecker, they told my wife, Steph, and I that you should always listen for the heart of what your spouse or your significant other is saying, not necessarily the words that they're using. If we can listen to each other's heart, there might be a difference in what we hear instead of listening to their words alone. This is how we ought to come before God, in boldness, not worried about our words being poetic or eloquent, but our words being honest, knowing that God knows our heart. This is undivided dialogue before him. And I believe God feels the most loved when we trust him to be honest with him. God feels the most loved when we trust him to be honest with him, to be vulnerable with him, and to share our true hearts with him. God is most loved in this. So ask yourself, secondly, what are you wrestling with today? What do you find yourself wrestling with today? Like King David, spare the pleasantries and approach the throne boldly. Spare the pleasantries and approach the throne boldly. And here is your scriptural permission to do so. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us approach with confidence the throne of grace that we may receive the mercy and find grace for our time of need. Approach the throne boldly, my friends. Spare the pleasantries. Undivide your dialogue towards God. Be honest and vulnerable with him. This is the second step towards a life of undivided devotion. Thirdly, you guys still with me? You guys good? Thirdly, a life of undivided devotion means undivided delight. A life of undivided devotion means undivided delight. In the words of Julie Shecker, this is, this is King David's superpower, his delight in God. This is King David's superpower. Psalm 37, four says this, delight in the Lord and he will grant the desires of your heart. Delight in the Lord and he will grant the desires of your heart. Now in scripture, the order of words is critically important. Notice that it doesn't say you will receive the desires of your heart and then once you've received them, that will generate delight in you in the Lord. No, it says delight in the Lord first and foremost and then you will receive the desires of your heart. Now, spoiler, this does not mean delight in God and a Ferrari is gonna show up in your driveway or your dream house is gonna show up in your yard or the dream marriage or relationship or whatever it is. It doesn't mean that. But it does mean when you delight in the Lord, his desires become your desires and then he gives you the desires of your heart. When you delight in the Lord, his desires become your desires and then he can give you the desires of your heart. And this is what we see in King David, doesn't it? Isn't it? How foolish, guys, how foolish is it for us to pursue only our desires and to not submit them to the Lord? How foolish is it to find delight only in ourselves and to not submit that delight to the Lord? How foolish would we feel one day to arrive on the shores of eternity and to put our life before Jesus and for him to say, this is nothing like the life that I had for you. You lived a shallow and foolish existence because you didn't submit your life to me. 
You didn't submit your delight to me. And you received the desires of your heart, but you didn't get anywhere near the desires of my heart. Therefore, you wasted your life. How foolish and how heartbreaking would that be to stand before God one day and to hear those words. But instead, we're offered something completely different. We're offered a life of meaning, a life of purpose, a life of undivided devotion. Here's what Bob Goff said. I used to be afraid of failing at something that really mattered to me. But now I'm more afraid at succeeding at things that don't matter. Shoot. I used to be afraid at failing at things that mattered to me. But now I'm afraid of succeeding at things that don't matter. One day you're going to lay your life before Jesus in heaven. And if you have been the most successful person in the world, but it's success that doesn't measure up to what God had for you, it's failure. Let us not be so concerned about succeeding in the desires of our, our heart, but let us be successful in delighting in the Lord that he might give us the desires of his heart that we might live a life that is impactful and meaningful. These are the three components of a life of undivided devotion. Undivided desire, undivided dialogue, and undivided delight. I promised you I would show what those look like, but now I'm gonna tell you what those mean for us, what this results in when we can live this life. Scripturally, when we live a life of undivided devotion, we live a life of freedom. We live a life of freedom when we live a life of undivided devotion. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're serving the world or you're serving God, you're serving someone. You are enslaved to someone or something. But the result of who you serve is very different depending on who you're serving. And there's scriptural basis for this. Here's what Romans 6 says. If you haven't heard anything I say, tune into this. Romans 6, verse 20 to 23. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death, but now you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. And the benefit that you reap is holiness and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God in Jesus Christ our Lord is eternal life. Who you serve matters. When you guys go to your job and you provide value and you work hours at your job, you're paid a wage. When you work for sin, you're gonna get paid with death. When you work for Jesus, you get paid with holiness, righteousness, and eternal life. So you gotta choose today who your employer is. Are you gonna live a divided life and work for sin? Then be ready for your, your benefits package. It's extensive. Or are you gonna work for, for Jesus? Are you gonna submit your life to Jesus, a life of undivided devotion before him that you might reap holiness, righteousness, and eternal life? Man, I love those benefits. I'll take the reduced salary for now for the eternal benefits, guys. Let's follow Jesus together this morning. Let's live this life of undivided devotion this morning. And now if you, if you find yourself with a, with a heart of undivided devotion this morning, God bless you. God, encourage your heart, be built up. I pray that God would take you into deeper and deeper levels of this devotion towards him. 
But this morning, if you find yourself with a divided heart, if you find yourself working for sin and reaping the benefit of death, then I have an encouragement for you guys. All you have to do is come before Jesus and lay your life down before him in humility, in vulnerability. This is all. It removes the burden from your back. You simply come before Jesus. Ezekiel 36 tells us this. Verse 25 to 29, it says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. This is God speaking. It doesn't say sprinkle clean water on yourself, does it? It says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart, I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in your land and be my people. I will save you from all your uncleanness. The solution is not to work harder, to strive more, to buy more insurance, to get a better car, to buy a new house. These aren't the solution. The solution is to come before God in humility, in vulnerability, in honesty, with an undivided heart before Him, undivided desire, undivided dialogue, and undivided delight. This is the secret of freedom in Christ, a life of undivided devotion this morning. If you find yourself divided this morning, simply come before him in humility. His arms are open and he's ready to give a new heart, a heart of flesh. An undivided heart is freedom. I wanna give you guys two quick things before we wrap it up for you to take it home. I wanna ask you, what area of your life, the three areas that we talked about, do you most need freedom in this morning? Where do you most need freedom? In your desire? in your dialogue or in your delight? In your desire, in your dialogue, or in your delight? And then I want you guys to activate that by bringing this need to Jesus in vulnerable, honest, open prayer that he might receive worth, affection, and attention through even your weakness, especially your weakness this morning. A life of undivided devotion is freedom. And that's what God has for you guys this morning. All you have to do is come before him. Let me pray for us. Father God, we love you, Lord. And we're privileged to have your word before us. We're privileged, God, to be called higher. We're privileged to, to know of this life of undivided devotion, God. Today, give us the boldness and the courage to bring our desires our dialogue and our delight before you, Lord, that we might take up the freedom that you died to give us, Jesus. We want to live in this freedom, Lord. We want to live in the freedom that you purchased for us, God. So give us the boldness to do what's required of us, God, and that's simply to come before you. It's simply to come before you, God. For the believer in the room who's walking with an undivided heart towards you, God, encourage them, Lord. Bless them, God. And to the person in the room who walks with a divided heart or a heart that's, 
that's completely an enemy to you, Father, this morning, I pray that you would, you would bring them into your presence in humility, God, that they might lay their lives down before you and take up this undivided heart and take up the freedom that you purchased for us, God. We love you, Lord. We give you this morning in faith that you're using it right now and you'll continue to use it through this week, God. And we love you. We pray this all in Jesus' precious name. I love you guys. Thanks for listening this morning. I pray an undivided heart for you. Love y'all.